dare you? Lost digital mammoths, throw all shit, that's who I'm teaching. I'm rocking Mitri with my fringes. Mitri with my fringes. Mitri with my fringes. Mitri with my fringes. You already know I'm rocking Mitri's with my fringes. All I see is laws, I put ZTs on my lenses. 22 and staggers, I put Nietzsche's on my benzes. And we teach them where it's greasy, you might see me in the trenches. Alright, welcome back to Taco Madre Taco Madre Podcast Like, sub, comment, you already know Follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok Hit us up on YouTube with a like and a subscription I'm Trying to get there man Help a Mexican brother out Off camera is my lovely wife And my lovely baby Hey guys Yeah, and then also today We have a very special guest Very special guest And it's going to get intense today Man, you guys are ready for this one I'm going to get banned We're all going to get banned But uh Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir, and your organization. What is what is the message? Right, right, right. So uh, I want to say first and foremost, call all y'all watching the Mashiach Shai. Let's all praise the Most High in the name of the Lord God's Son, who will literally call Jesus Christ. My name is Kwai from the school of Sakari, specifically from the branch of Tijuana Baja, California Medical. Right, um, and uh, we represent, of course, the so-called Black. Hispanic and Native American indigenous peoples of the Americas, right? The true Israelites of the Bible. And um, that's that's essentially the message, and that's what we're doing, is uh, we're teaching the Bible according to history, archaeology, prophecy, and uh, marrying it with, uh, you know, what's going on today, right? The, the headlines and news, which is prophecy, and teaching our people who they are, teaching them law specifically, teaching them who Yahweh Shai really was, son of high. And, uh, and, you know, bringing our people back to the Most High God, man, back to the true culture. So, and uh, I would be Officer 10,000 of, uh, of Safari and Officer. Uh, name is Nakwai. And when I say Shalom, that means, that means peace. So peace to the, all the listeners, uh, Rasa, all the brothers out there, sisters listening and serving to, uh, you know, my gracious souls here and uh, his family. Thank you, which is in Hebrew, the water. The water for having having the song show. Amazing! Wow. So shallow one. I always wondered what that meant. So now I know. Um, and that's Hebrew, huh? So uh, the message is that we're the lost children of Israel, and that's right. uh, we have, like it says in the Bible, we have uh, strayed away from God, and we've been afflicted with uh, curses, and uh, it's time for us to kind of go back before He comes back, right? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Let's see. Um, and then you're at a Tijuana. That's right. Uh, Tijuana, we're located off of Mutualismo um, uh, and Segunda. And we're on the third floor of the building 830 in Mutualismo. We normally teach in Zona Centro off of Segunda y Constitución, right across the street from Calimax and the 7-Eleven there. We also uh, have been switching up recently, so we keep also at a, a, a market area, a big market area called CPDS. And we kind of alternate between Zona Centro and CPDS, but we've also been kind of like throwing other locations into the mix just so we can reach uh, other parts of the community that may not know about uh, this group yet. There is a lot of people that haven't heard about it, so um, that's, that's, that's what we're located at. That's how we operate. 
Okay, interesting. So it's a big organization. You guys are also uh, nationwide. Uh, and there's other, like, um, what would you call them? Chapters, right? Yeah, chapters. Um, I call them branches just because uh, uh, we like to exercise uh, the scriptures in our speech. The, the, the scriptures actually say that, you know, that you, you speak in, in, uh, in precepts and parables. regularly it's, it's who we are. So we got branches all um, scattered throughout the U.S. Uh, we got brothers in Puerto Rico. We have a few, a few prospects in the Caribbean. Um, we have brothers in... Uh, the Netherlands, uh, as a matter of fact, and uh, in Canada as well. Yeah, and uh, brothers in Hawaii. It's it's really growing with the spirit. There's a lot of brothers waking up, uh, specifically within the U.S. and, and uh, surrounding areas. Okay, great. Well, so far it sounds great. You know what I mean? It sounds like any other. Uh, so I don't know why you guys are portrayed as such, like uh, you know, bad people in the media. But uh, let's let's talk about. Um, like you and how you got into this uh, movement, like, cause maybe you were awakened, right? At one point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was like, like a lot of brothers, um, you're kind of always curious about, you know, what else is out there? What's, is there an afterlife? A lot of us, uh, are spiritual, right? I would say I was a little spiritual, um, I guess practice or belief. I grew up in the Catholic Church. My mom tried like hell to get me into the Catholic Church to get me confirmed and all that madness. The farthest she ever got with me was baptism, and you know, uh, after that, it was a real, a real headache for her to drag me to church. Uh, but um, I was always uh, spiritual. Um, growing up, I was uh, kind of a, you know. I, 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 you know, kind of got in with the wrong crowd. I wasn't gangbanging or anything. I didn't, I didn't walk that route, but I definitely knew something. Uh, and I definitely got involved with uh, people. I myself grew up skateboarding, competing, a lot of drugs. Um, eventually joined the military. I was in the Navy for four years from 04 to 08. Got out and I tried to do the civilian thing, try to, you know, get a nine to five and go to school. And it worked out for the most part, but I ended up slipping back into drugs, back into partying. I got in with the, with the wrong crowd that just didn't have my best interest at heart. And um, all the while, all the while, I was constantly digging into different uh, doctrines, different spiritual beliefs, and just constantly digging, constantly researching. Eventually, one day I was on YouTube. All that work, I'm in IT. I was on YouTube, and uh, I saw one video specifically of this elder brother Zabak, who's with HOY, I believe, still with HOY. He's an elder in the community, a very powerful brother, although not from our school. Um, and I saw it said it said Mexicans are Israelites, uh, children of God, and, and blacks and Hispanics. And clicked on that, and it was just a landslide from there. One video after another. I sat on my hands for about a year and a half. I really didn't do anything. I was just watching videos, watching videos, watching videos. Until eventually I, I literally had a panic attack. And like what what's what brothers say, you know, the spirit gets you. And I myself had a very serious panic attack and I realized my situation, what situation my, my community is in, my people are in. And uh, I, I just felt horrible. I felt terrified that I wasn't doing anything about it. So uh, I think it's August 
quite a journey though you feel like uh you feel like this path has led you on some uh interesting because you're out there let me show the people what you're out there doing because i don't think they get the full extent of uh how how committed and how serious uh you are you're out here really doing it you're mm-hmm. out here in tijuana probably the most dangerous city you you never had uh any trouble doing this um yeah we've run into some pushback uh, authorities out here, they, they haven't given us too much trouble. They'll let us know, hey, uh, I think it's been like once or twice they kind of questioned us and told us to disperse when COVID really kicked off. Uh, it was a, They were real strict on us. They, they, at the very least, they had us wearing masks during that whole mask mandate. Um, random dudes would come by with, and they flash badges and tell us we got to get up the street or whatever or, or disperse because we're drawing a crowd. And COVID, we couldn't do that. Um, as as far as our people, I mean, we get pushed back regularly. We, we get we get people yelling at us, cursing us, telling us we're bears, keep getting all we're talking about. Um, there's a very very heavy demonic spirit out here that's that's based in Catholicism and Christianity. There's, it's a constant constant battle. It's a constant battle. You know, we, we do have victories and we do, we've gotten a lot of our people to take off their rosaries, take off their idols, you know, um, wow. denounce, denounce the, the white Jesus and all that. But there's, there's been a ton of pushback, you know, uh, if anything, that, that really just, that really just motivates us more because it's prophecy. It, scripture literally tells us that they're not going to believe, they're going to push back really hard, they did right. So um, we see scripture coming to life every day that we do this. Yeah, and uh, and I think Tijuana uh, is last I checked, number one or number two uh, deadliest city in the world, not just Mexico but the world. Like deaths, murders per capita. Um, I think they recently lost count, uh, or the 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 amount of kidnappings in Mexico were over ten thousand. I think uh, last year was it. And over over 400 in the month of March alone, something like that. I, I can't recall the statistics, but it's something outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous, right? Uh, this is this is the the state of life, and this is the condition that we're living. I, I know that uh, down around your way in Texas, uh, what is that? Uh, what's that border town? I forget. It. Uh, 
There's a lot of them. There's uh, no. Nuevo Laredo and Juarez. El Paso. Juarez. Mm-hmm. Juarez is up there. Juarez is, is a major, major uh, stomping ground for, you know, for bad folks. You know what I mean? Uh, specifically amongst our people, you know. A lot of death, a lot of kidnapping. I mean, we know what life is. We, we all understand what life is like along the along the border. You know, it's, it's definitely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And our people live there like day in and day out. They work, they commute, they go to school. It's an incredibly dangerous situation. And uh, where's the help? We're, we're uh, shipping Ukrainians over here and they're getting ahead of the asylum seekers that were, uh, you know, already in line. That's right. They just skipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I may, because uh, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of how we operate. I want to I want to bring out some scripture on that really quick. If yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. Um, because it's it just doesn't make any sense that we're right next door and we contribute so much to the economy of the United States but we get no really get no benefit we get no real support when it comes down to it um, we have to jump through an endless amount of hoops when for example like you just said Ukrainians can show up at the door and they let them right in um, get this this is the book of Psalms uh, chapter eighty three and uh, verse two. It says, for lo, thy enemies make a tumult, right? Which is like a rumbling. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. So these other nations, they're very proud, specifically the United States, right? They're very proud against people like us. They're very proud against people that denounce them, stand against them, right? They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and have consulted against thy enemies. These, these nations, right? They take crafty counsel and they devise economic policy. They devise immigration policy. They devise uh, uh, all kinds of different structures of, of policy, laws, and rules so they can come up and we stay down, right? Uh, verse 4, they have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance, right? When they have consulted together with one consent, they are confederated against them. And then it goes on to name these nations, chiefly Edom, which were the so-called white people today. But see, that's that's prophecy. That's that's how they that's how they've been operating, right? That's why a like Chinese folk who come to America and live that quote unquote American dream, Arabs, East Indians, it's it's extremely easy for them to come into the US, get a loan and get it popping. But our people are literally starving, dying, you know, meaning there's there's thousands of children now parents locked up in cages at the border right now, but we're worried about Ukraine. It's, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good point. I have nothing to refute that right now. The irony, huh? Yeah, it's a lot of irony. It's a lot of hypocrisy. Uh, hypocrisy, let, yeah, that's the perfect word. Let's see. Um, you know, you mentioned, you said something like the so-called white person. So you guys don't believe in like white, black, brown, right? Those are just like colors. They're not. Yeah. I mean, we're not ignorant that there's color in this world, right? There's there's people that are melanated. By and large, people uh, of the of, of the Americas that are melanated, darkly melanated, are 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 so-called black people, so-called African-Americans. If you go to Central and South America, and even in North America with indigenous, typically there's, you, if you run into an indigenous man or woman, they're melanated, they're brown, but we understand that because of slavery, because of other nations coming to this country and mingling with us, you know, 
true blood is like don't look like 100% indigenous. They don't look 100% black. I mean, there's a light, there's a lot of light skinned brothers walking walking the United States right now, but they are true blood Israelites. So uh, we say we, we, we reference color, but loosely. we say so called white because obviously white people aren't white. They're they're pink. You know what I mean? They're red. They you know they they're not literally white. That's that's a misnomer. It's more than anything used to confuse, right? And it's also uh, like, a, uh, I guess you could call it a brainwashing, right? White is typically associated with purity, honesty, right? Uh, maturity, all kinds of, of positive synonyms. And black is associated with negativity, uh, wickedness, evil, witchcraft, and so on, right? Uh, so we don't really stand on those things. We say so-called white. We say so-called black. We 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 make a clear distinction that we don't really stand on color. Yeah, you know what? That makes sense. That's kind of also breaking down the the racial paradigm in a way because if you don't look at it like that, yeah, you know, uh, for a while specifically. And a lot of, if, if, if I may, a lot of people accuse us of being that way, right? A lot of people, uh, namely Christians accuse us of being uh, motivated and driven by what we see by color specifically, but that's, that, that makes absolutely no sense. If you saw our schools and, and uh, uh, our ranks, our soldiers and our officers, I mean, we come in a, a law, a very broad spectrum of, of, of color, so-called, you know. Yeah, would you consider somebody like Canelo to be, do you feel like he's more Spaniard? Because, uh, when I look at Canelo, I mean, he looks like uh, he looks Irish. <laughs> you know, it, I'm not gonna lie; it throws you. Uh, when I saw him, when I very first heard of Canelo, when I saw him, I was like, "Damn, that dude—he's pretty white, and he's got red hair." But I mean, who am I to talk? You know what I mean? I don't exactly look like a hundred percent indigenous person, you know. So Bro, you really got to learn. You, you got to learn to get over that, you know. I think you look plenty indigenous, sir. I appreciate that, bro. Um, let's see. Uh, isn't that where we get like nopal en la frente? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's see. like slang for calling someone, you know, straight up Indian, like hardcore indigenous. Yeah. You think you think that's uh, racial? That's uh, should we should we strike that from our vocabulary? Um, I mean. It's in the culture. It's part At of the culture. Point, like sometimes, sometimes we joke and we'll say it when we're teaching, right? Because we simply to point out the hypocrisy of our people, right? Uh, was it two weeks ago? I believe it was two weeks ago. We were teaching, and uh, one of our brother came up to me, and he looks pure indigenous as, as far as I can tell, and he was tatted up, and uh, it was in some gang affiliation, and you know the first thing he came up and told me was. That you know, he showed me his, his body or where he was from. He started like laughing and signed like his, his tattoos and kind of flashing on me and, and what someone called banging on me. And uh, I, I I played it cool and I just kept talking to him and I was like, Do you know where you come from? Do you know what your background is? And immediately he claimed Spaniard. And he's like, No, and he had a Cortez tattoo on his forearm. And he's like, No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm Spaniard. I'm my grand my grandparents are from Spain. And, I just couldn't really buy that, you know what I mean? Like, 
I was like, bro, nothing about you says that you're Spanish. You might, I mean, again, at the same time, you can't count with color. You might be, but your your spirit, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the, specifically the persons that you're suffering, being a gang member, right, struggling and, you know, hurting and, and, and banging on your people, the Bible is giving me is giving me an indication that you're not Spanish. You're an indigenous brother that's suffering from uh, a very severe brainwash. Oh, you know what that's like. That's when like a uh, sexual assault victim identifies with her, uh, you know, her abuser, and like starts to Stockholm syndrome. Yep, mm, exactly. Yeah, so he's yeah, got yeah. he's got his conqueror tattooed on his uh, mm-hmm. arm and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's preferred. It's it's. To, to say that you're from Spain is, is something that's uh, preferred. People people look upon that like it's something honorable, right? And and they they shy away and they denounce their indigenous roots. A lot of people do that. There's a lot of sisters walking around the streets right now with blonde hair, blue contact lenses. You know, a lot of a lot of our brothers are dressed like European. You know, like it's just like, ridiculous. They're they're pretending to be something they're not. <laughs> Speaking about how um, Mexicans are confused, uh, let's see. So all I see is right now is like history repeating itself. Right. So we have uh, we used to have like Aztec sacrificing people, you know, what I mean, in the name of you know whatever idol and mm-hmm. uh, whatever statue. And um, let's see if you can see my screen here. This is kind of what. What was going on, right? Mm-hmm. Some kind of idol and God and stuff. We were all like, I don't know, tattooed, body paint. Like, I still see that happening. Like, to this day. Right, right, right. Instead of spears, we're doing mm-hmm. machetes. Uh, so now we're sacrificing to this thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Isn't that interesting? Uh, so we're prophesized to, uh, like, be afflicted by murder, poverty, displacement. What about the what about the kids in the cages? Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. Hold on. How do you explain this? How do you explain this to a uh, a grieving mother that doesn't know where her child is because uh, the U.S. immigration system lost them? It's it's extremely heavy, you know. A lot of a lot of our people, it's it's very difficult to receive it um, because it's it's so extreme. They've gone their entire lives believing that they're suffering because they're 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 just wicked, and that's just how it is. And, and they're calling on a white Jesus, and and things continue to be the same. And they're under the impression that if they just keep doing it, if they just keep going to church, and just keep putting money in the basket and just keep doing it, that it's just suddenly going to go away. You know what I mean? When we come to them and we tell them that they're God's chosen people and they're preferred and they're the best in the world and God loves them and only them, it's an extremely hard pill to swallow, you know? And we outline the curses and them losing their children in the scriptures. It's literally prophesied, but it's tough to perceive that. A lot of people nod their head and they get it. It clicks. It makes sense. But to truly receive it and walk with it is another thing. Um, but I mean, we tell them every week, and we we outline this person, and we let them know that 
they're losing their children is, is specifically mentioned in the Bible. Uh, let me get that for you real quick. So this is uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and uh, I'm going to start with verse 15. Okay. Right? Uh, well, let's go to one. So verse 1 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe unto you all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee upon, uh, on high above all nations of the earth. We, we can clearly see that indigenous people as a nation, uh, and including the Caribbean so-called black people as a nation, we're not above everybody on the face of the earth, right? It's just, you have to be, uh, it's it's an ignorance of the highest order to, to, to think that we're equal and we're, we're on a level playing field with the rest of the world on the 39. Verse 15, But it shall come to pass that thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all these commandments, and his statutes which I commanded which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So this uh, curse of losing our children, let's go to 32. Verse 32, thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, right? By force, through coercion, through kidnapping, immigration policy, right? Great robbing murder. And thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thy hand, right? So our people are um, are at the border crying for their children. Literally, there's videos of them crying out to their children, telling them, we're here, we're not leaving, and they're not getting, they have zero power to get them back, right? And if, if anything, they have to jump through, like I said, a myriad of hoops, and, and fill out a godly amount, an ungodly amount of paperwork to even get the opportunity to, to see their children, to even get the opportunity to come near them, right? And and there's zero power in their hands to change that. You know, that's that's the curse literally from its life. And that's not something that just happened recently. It's been going on for generations, right? It, it's been going on before the Spanish even got here. It, it happened in Rome, it happened in Greece, it happened in Babylon, it happened in Assyria, right? And other nations as well. We were captured to the so-called Chinese for 40 years, right? And, that, and they, they they put a, a struggle on us too, you know, all the way back to Egypt. Uh, and it, it is continuing to this very day, the curses. The Most High specifically says, so long as you continue to be wicked and break my laws and not repent, I'm going to continue to, to, to make sure you, you stay cursed, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a contract. It's a very real thing. He doesn't, he doesn't put this on us. He could be like, oh, okay, well, you cried enough. Uh, I'm just going to stop doing this now. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, it, he's waiting on us to change and make that change. Let's see. Well said. So Deuteronomy 28, that's where you can find the info on the curses. That's right. Look that up. Also, uh, also um, Leviticus 26, because Deuteronomy is is a retelling uh, of of the of, of what's stated in Leviticus, Exodus, right? Um, so Le- Leviticus states the curses as well in uh, in chapter 26. It lets us know the same thing. Us being a stiff-necked, hard-headed people, we constantly have to be told over and over and over again. So throughout the Bible. These curses are, are stated and restated for us. Let's see. And the lineage uh, is from all the way from Moses. Uh, what's the lineage look like? Well, I mean, if we're being if we're being uh, 
you know, real with the scriptures, the lineage goes all the way back to Adam, right? Adam isn't, wasn't, not, not only was he not the first man walking the earth, but he wasn't, um, he wasn't the, the first man for the entire world. He was what you would call a proto-Israelite. He was a man that was raised up out of the dirt, out of poverty, right? To, to, into rulership, to rule uh, with his people who are called the Adamites, right? Those are the proto-Israelites. Now, this is another, this is a, this is another topic that we can probably have on another podcast because it's, it's, it's deep. But really, the Israelites don't go back to Moses. Really, our people go all the way back to Adam. Right? Adam wasn't uh, the progenitor of the entire world. It wasn't just Adam and Eve, because that would then mean that we all come from his incest, and that's just asinine and that's ridiculous. The, the book of Genesis clearly states that there were other nations uh, dwelling on the earth when, when Adam and Eve were walking in. It's, it, the, the Bible is actually very logical and very concrete. It's just written in a poetic parabolic language. So when you take it at face value, it looks like, oh, we all just came from incest. But that's not actually not what's going on. And even in Romans, it says that uh, Yahweh Shai, who the world called Jesus, was the first Adam. So there's a connection from Jesus going all the way back to Adam. Okay, well, let's see. That's not what uh, elementary school uh, and Catholic school taught me. Uh, that's not what anybody has ever told me. That's not what any television, Bible cartoon has ever told me. So I don't know if I can believe you, sir. Okay. <laughs> Even though you're my own kind. I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. If you want, we can we can touch on it real quick. Uh, I can kind of give you a brief uh, understanding of the scripture. No, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, so you started off, and you always were searching for the truth, and uh, and one path led you down another, and eventually. You realize that your your true identity, right? Right. And uh, and you met brothers, uh, you know, similar with similar beliefs and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Who was the first Israelite? Um, or who was the first well, the person brother, to have the, like that belief? I think uh, uh, which 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 you what you're asking me is who was the first brother to really kick off this movement, and that's what you would call. Um, who we would call uh, Abu Bibbins, right? Uh, he was a brother of the, that started the original One West um, school, the, the original One West, One West school and uh, doctrine of, of what it is to be an Israelite through the spirit, the most high revealed to him who the real, who the indigenous people were, who the so-called black people were. He started to do the research himself on history, uh, archeology, span prophecy, and, and it was revealed to him that the that the the Israelites, the Bible speaks of our so called African Americans, so called black people and, and indigenous people of the Americas And from there, from then on forward, um, and you're gonna have to forgive me, the year I think it's like nineteen sixty nine or sixty eight, uh, is when it officially kicked off. Um, and from there it branched out, but uh one west was the uh I guess the inception of yeah where did that kick off at where is one west is it still uh kicking? one west 100 i think it's if i remember correctly it's one west 125th street in uh in harlem so uh there's an actual street corner right where the school started 
So that was uh, where, where it essentially kicked off the inception of it, is our one West 125th Street. Yeah, Harlem is the Mecca. Nice. Uh, let's see, I got, uh, I got a couple more things we can go through here. Um, mm-hmm. What's the connection between Mexicans and the donkey? Why is that every time that I see a Mexican, there's a donkey next to him? Next well, it's, it's actually prophetic, right? So that's actually uh, scripture. That's that's prophecy. So I want to get that for you. I'm, I'm really glad you asked that. So speaking of the so-called Mexican, I'll, I'll, I'll try to move through this um, quickly, not talk too much, keep it concise. In the book of Genesis, there's so the book of Genesis is very heavy it's very deep there's a lot of prophecies and there's a lot to go into specifically genesis chapter 49 where we find the the prophecy of of the tribes and, and where we can find them today where where they can be located today and um we'll start off with genesis 49 1 it says and jacob called unto the sons and said gather yourselves together that i may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days and when you go into other uh, translations, last days means the future. So not their life, but their descendants, right? What's going to happen to their descendancy in the future, okay? And so we're going to jump down to uh, verse 14 is where the the uh, the prophecy of Issachar starts, who you would, who we would call today the so-called Mexicans. And let me do this sign. It's a car. Yeah, so uh, you, you, brother, will be from the tribe of Issachar, uh, more than likely being, being a so-called Mexican. And which means, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure you're rib, or we say rib because it's reference to Eve, but you're white, um, would, would be Issachar as well, assuming she's a Mexican woman. And uh, your child, of course, being your descendancy with it, would be Issachar. So... Um, let me move this over. So this says, uh, verse 14, Issachar is a strong ass crouching down between two burdens. So ass meaning donkey, uh, a donkey, right? Is a strong ass crouching down between two burdens. So if we're talking about our people now, and we have the understanding that they're indigenous people of Israelites, this ass crouching down between two burdens, we, we, we say that it's the Mexicans because Mexico is between North America and South America. And economic-wise, um, immigration-wise, crime-wise, it's those two landmasses are an extreme burden for Mexico, right? They deal with their, with their neighbors to the South, uh, Guatemala all the way down to Chile, Argentina, and the United States all the way up to Canada. And historically speaking, it's been a burden for Mexico to be located between these two land masses, right? We can, we can touch on any we can touch on any point in history, and it's it's the case that that, that that's just what it is. Uh, talking about gang violence, right? Drug culture, cartel violence, uh, drugs coming up from Colombia, coming up from Brazil. Uh, Mara Salabrucha, right? Uh, a very notorious, powerful game coming up from, from Ecuador. You know what I mean? You're right. That's, We're the funnel. It, exactly. Exactly. All that, all that, all those curses, they're curses. 
coming up from the south that our that our brothers and our, our dear family, our tribesmen from the south are suffering, coming up from the south, traveling, traversing through Mexico. And then from the north, you have immigration, you have drug policy, you have the so-called war on drugs. Are people struggling to get a job out there, survive out there, get money out there? Um, the, For example, speaking of history, North Atlantic Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, which is an economic policy that was drafted between Canada and the United States and Mexico. To keep it brief, Mexico got completely screwed on that, right? And it's economic, economically, we can see that. Let's see. Um, well, so, we got we got uh, like car factories, uh, and then but they gave us cheap labor, and then they also uh, kind of privatized the uh, land around there, that, where they mm-hmm. put those uh, companies at. Exactly, and, and not only that, but I mean, come on, Mexico was at one point bordered with Canada, and through through you know um, lying, robbing, stealing, through murder, through coercion that border got dwindled down to where it is today, right? That was a lot, that was a lot of struggling, a lot of fighting uh, between us and the United States for us to lose all that land. So it was right? stolen, uh, it was like um, treaties were broken, uh, and, oh, then, of course. Uh, and then uh, things were bought. Um, yeah, not, not, not good for Mexico, man. So far, no, no huh? good. So not we're as strong all. as an ass. Uh, the donkey's always, always been a hard working donkey. Exactly. So next point being that the Mexican is notorious for a being a hard worker, right? We're we're compared to this animal not because of our lack of intelligence. We're extremely intelligent, obviously because we're God's chosen people. But we're very hard working, you know. So a, Mex- a Mexican can do it all. You know what I mean? My dad. He was he was a he was a plumber. He could do tile. He was a mechanic. He could do gardening. He was on the roof fixing the AC. He could do it all. You're you know right. What I mean, and he was a delivery truck driver. That was his day. That was his day to day job. You know what I mean? And that's that's the that's the the nature of of the Mexican man is is a hardworking is a hardworking man. Likened to the the donkey, the donkey is a, an extremely hardworking animal. <laughs> Hey man, now I got you on screen. You <laughs> Pretty good, man. We're just talking about uh, como trabajas como burro. You you were at work? Man, I, I just got off. I had to do what hour and a half of borderline to cross into D to cross into DJ, Hell yeah. and then traffic to DJ just to get to here, man. Well, I'm glad you made it, man. Safe. Yeah, all crazy person, all crazy. So uh, verse 15, and he saw that rest was good in the land that it was pleasant. Um, and this is uh, rest was good is talking about siesta. Us as the people, we like to take siesta. We like to rest. We like to kick it. We like to have a good time. Yeah, right? Yeah, Specifically rest. We work hard, but at the same time, we play hard. Right? Um, and the land that it was pleasant, this is talking about Mexico. Well, Mexico statistically speaking, is extremely high in natural resources. Uh, I think it's top five in the world, maybe top three in natural resources. And not only that, but it's uh, top two in uh, vacation getaways because we're surrounded by water on both sides. So all the, all the people of the world come to Mexico to get away and, and vacation. That's right. In Mexico. And statistically, this is proven. So it's not something we're just... Pulling out of a hat, this, this is uh, this, right? 
Um, on, on another note, this also talked about the prophecy of, uh, of an Aztec king that had a, a vision that he would see uh, an eagle on a cactus, not eating a snake. That's actually a misunderstanding of history. The Spanish added a snake to disrespect our people and our culture of honoring serpents, right? But an eagle perched on a cactus, and that in that land he would he would settle and establish what we now know today as the Aztec Empire, right? That that land would be pleasant, that that land would be fruitful, uh, and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant as a tribute. So, us as the people, and we can specifically reference the 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 conquest of our people by the Spanish. We bowed our shoulders to bear and became a servant a servant as a tribute to them, right? Tributaries. To this day, that's who we are. All the work we do, all the, all the work we put in, all the land we till, all the food we grow goes up to the United States and we get the we get what's left over, right? When the Spanish were ruling in Mexico, they had encomiendas, they had slavery going on, full full force, full fledged slavery, and all of the all of the gold, all of the jewelry, all of the riches were shipped back to Spain as tribute. And we were left with nothing, right? Didn't uh, uh, I think I think Amlo tried to the Mexican prisoner right now? He tried to uh, get like some artifacts back, or he tried to get Spain to apologize, and they were like, "No, yeah. why? For no, what? Yeah, why are we gonna? Yeah, do that? exactly, exactly. They have uh, Maybe. they have the the plumed um, feathered crown of Montezuma in uh, in a Spanish museum. We asked we asked for that among other artifacts back, and they said no. And we, not only, isn't that crazy? We asked for an apology, and they said, "No, we don't have no reason to apologize." Apologize for what? Mm-mm. See that? There you go, man. Just the disrespect right to your face. Uh, didn't on the census? Didn't we have to put like white? Like at one point, like isn't the whole census also skewed? Like that's why they also don't represent us, like anywhere. So we don't get represented. Uh, we're uh, infested with cartels, gangs, uh, 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 demonic uh, cartels uh, and gangs, and then uh, uh, displaced all over the place. Of course, uh, poverty. Um, it doesn't look good, man. I, I'm believing the prophecies more and more. Like uh, I wouldn't say I'm a full. full I'm, I'm not like uh, I wouldn't claim Israelite because you know what I mean like. I, I still do a lot of sinning myself, so I can't I can't claim something that I'm like one foot in, one foot out, right? You guys probably um, understand. Uh, so I wanted to say, um, hey, to your partner, uh, Shalawan. I, I got that word, I think. Uh-huh. In, and uh, but I wanted to see how how did you get into the movement, man? What what were you doing before um, you got into the movement? I. I, since I was a kid, since I first got a computer, I was already I was already researching like conspiracy theories. And that this is from like like I wouldn't say I was like 10, 10, 11 years old. Um, you know, aliens, things like that, conspiracy theories, landing on the moon, nine uh, eleven, all these things. Um, and since since I was a kid, I I could tell that I was just this like. Mm, Thing, that would see that everything was wrong. Like there was this corruption and, and bad everywhere we went, whether it was school, whether it was church, whether it was the, the park, everywhere everywhere I went, there was something off and wrong with people. And there was no answers. And this was as a kid, you know, so as a kid, adults don't really pay attention to you, you know, when you ask questions, they don't really get into a serious topic with you. 
So as I grew older, you know, got into, got into high school and, and more into technology and whatnot, I still kept researching um, conspiracy theories, you know, I got into like uh, the Illuminati, Skulls and Bones, uh, the Masons, you know, Bilderbergs, researching all, all these other conspiracies because I felt like there was a truth out there. And um, at least I had this theory in my mind that it was like, it's like throwing a dart, you know, you're not going to hit it in the first try, but eventually I'm going to hit the bullseye. Eventually I'm going to hit the truth. Like if I can search you down this rabbit hole, like eventually I'm going to run into what I'm looking for. Um, and so I started, I was Catholic and I started going, I went from Catholicism to Christianity to like they're nearly full-fledged Buddhism, where to the point where I was about to like I wanted to go to Thailand to like a, a monk temple and just meditate for hours because I just wanted to reach, you know, some spiritual something spiritual that could answer the questions that I had. Um, you know, back in the world, you know, you know, I smoked weed, I did you know hallucinogenics because I wanted to reach that. You know, like everybody else, they think. You think you smoke weed and you get your, you're like spiritual, but you're not. You just, you just, you just hide. You yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, you're really not. You talk about nonsense. Um, but I would do it to see if I could find some sort of answer. Um, and long story short, I'm, I'm, I work in the medical field. I'm a phlebotomist. I draw blood. And my very first job uh, was working at a, at a plasma bank, and I ran into a, another brother. And I was all about health and cleansing. So you can have a better conscience and you can reach that spiritual level to have a clear conscience, you know, to see the truth. And this brother was kind of on the same vibe, you know, we were both smoking weed and, you know, talking these crazy conversations. And um, uh, I quit that job on the spot, like nine months in, I quit the job on the spot. I stopped seeing the brother and me and him, you know, vibe really well. A whole year goes by and uh, this brother randomly hits me up and he tells me, hey, you know what? Like, I think I, I got some information for you. You know, I think you're really gonna buy with it. You're gonna like it. And we'll link up at this restaurant. And he starts, you know, he starts telling me uh, little things. You know, like, hey, like, you know, you know, you know that Christ is white. You know, and I grew up Catholic, so I was like, what do you mean Christ not white? He's white. You know, he got the blue eyes, he got blonde hair. Like, what you mean, like? And he's like, nah, Christ is black, man. You're really a big Israelite. That's your nationality. And I would read the Bible, like, you know, I would crack the Bible open and I would read it, but I didn't, I didn't know what I was reading, you know, it just felt good to read it, but I didn't understand what I was reading. Um, and he started explaining to me some, some things of the Bible. And in the, he explained a lot. And in the moment, I, in the moment, everything, everything was clicking. Every, I was like, bro, everything you're saying is, is everything that I've been looking for. I, I feel like it's everything that I've been looking for my whole life, man. Like, that's great. And he told me so much information, and I was so excited and so pumped. You know, I go home and I try to, it's so much information that when you try to share it again, you don't you do not do it in that order anymore. You can be like, wait, I didn't say, you know, like, talk about it. And I try to share it with my family. My family was, my family was like, man, you are, you're crazy. You, you're you bugging, bro. Yeah, like you smoke too much weed, you bug that hell out. What do you mean, Christ is black? What do you mean, Israelite? Like, and I was trying to explain it to him, like the road to me, and I was just like, man, I was like, bro, I know what I heard is true, but I just don't know how to explain it. And he invited me over to downtown San Diego, uh, where the bros would, would do their the camp. And uh, yeah, the first day I stood there, 
the leader of our camp, she brings uh, Alazar, uh, the guerrilla hero. He was going in and he was explaining history, uh, archaeology, you know, explaining prophecy, explaining the Bible. He went into detail how I was in, uh, I was I was Mexican. I was I don't know. I was still YouTube actually, where I was prospecting, and I asked like, I want to learn more about you know how I'm how much better Escobar, and they explained it to me. And I became a junkie for history, man. I'm telling you, I was, after that, I was two, three in the morning, four in the morning, just reading, researching, looking for books, policies, papyrus, man, all, all kind of ancient artifacts. My dad would go in the room at two, three in the morning and be like, I got to know. So a lot of, uh, a lot of celebrities are now picking up on the whole Hebrew Israelite thing. You got Kendrick Lamar, you got Kodak Black. You got, uh, uh, I think Chingy also is a is a Hebrew Israelite. Uh, and then also, um, who else? Uh, Kanye West, uh, Big Sean. Uh, Nick Cannon. Who? Nick Cannon. Nick, Nick, Cannon Nick Cannon. Oh, Nick Cannon got yeah. chastised, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he got chastised by a master when he came back on TV and, and crawled back to the, the Jewish soul. Um, yeah, he's been getting chastised. He had a good talking to, huh? Yeah, they, they, they say, hey, man, you, you want these women to need a million dollars? You better take part. But so, he practices, yeah. uh, he has, like, multiple uh, women, uh, and we can get into that a little bit <laughs> later. Uh, but I was going to tell you, um, what do you think, man? Like, it's really coming out. Like, now, even, like, Kendrick Lamar, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. He's actually, and, and, his uh, album is all about that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you... It's it's all praise to the most high regardless because he's gonna use who he's gonna use to get the truth out and, and these brothers that are in the music industry are being used by the most high to to further to further, you know, the prophecy and to wake people up. So either either way it's all praise to the most high. Um we ourselves, uh, brothers being in this truth, we take it with a grain of salt because we also know that, you know, they're not really keeping the law. They're not really living that life. Um, we don't expect Kendrick Lamar to be on the street with us teaching the Bible, but you know we give him props for for at least doing something. Um, it, is it is it definitely a sign that 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 you know the end is coming and, and Israel's waking up? Most definitely, you know what I mean. We we rejoice when we see that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Forrest Grant, four-time NBA champ, Forrest Grant with the Bulls in the '90s. He is claiming his life, and he's he's come to camp with us. He's congregated with us. He's he's been to Atlanta, um, and and you know listened to the word and, and is building with us currently. So, real substantial people in the community are 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 waking up to this. Yeah, Brian Brian Casey. Brian Casey. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, the brother uh, from Jagged Edge, Brian Casey, one of the singers, one of the heads, lead singers from Jagged Edge, is a member of Sakar. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. And, uh, the other brother, um, he used to be ex NFL player. He's he's Chiefs bodyguard. Oh, I forget his name. Um, I feel horrible for that, but uh, yeah, he's. I think he was a either wide receiver or a, a, a defensive end or wide receiver. But he's he's building with our with our uh, our brother Chief Alazar in Atlanta. He's he's a he's a soldier in his car. Yeah. <laughs> Like wildfire and, and I'll tell you this I'll, I'll tell you this if you knowing this now if you circle back and listen to rap music even back into like the 90s 
you hear rappers talking about the truth. Like, for example, uh, I noticed this, it blew me away. Um, Outkast, their first album, um, if you, I forget what the song is called, but it's one of the last songs on their first album. They say the coffee mountains, they say that they, they reference the devil, they say the white man, they, they say he specifically comes from the coffee mountains. Uh, Big Ruth, he's he, one of the men that's a part of, uh, the, the dungeon family that rolls with Outkast. He talks about Babylon, he talks about the lost people, like he talks about Israel. He references Babylon and he, he references America with Babylon, which is, is what we teach. You know what I mean? So I, I would say the understanding has been around in the music industry for a while, but, you know, they, they speak on it very covertly. Right. I think right. the music all Oh, yeah. The. Yeah, that, they say that part, especially. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, great. Let's see what else we have. Uh, okay, so also <laughs> we have, uh, you know, you guys do the street preaching thing and there's others that do kind of more the TikTok preacher thing. You know, uh, you guys heard of Servant Mike, right? Yeah. The, the Jesus Christ dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love dude, I love that dude, man. His dances, he'd be pop locking, uh, man. It's great. Uh, and he's Mexican. It, look, it looks like he used to bang. Uh, you know, I mean, he was in the Pinta, maybe. I think uh, I don't know. Like, um, I don't I don't really know what he's kind of doing with the whole this shtick, but he, it's working for him. I guess more power to him, you know what I mean? Uh, what do you guys think about Servant Mike? Uh, I say, I say, uh, I definitely do not say more power to him. Because what? Why, why not? He's, why? he's, he's because... making Raza, you know, uh, look at the Bible maybe, you know what I mean? They see a Mexican dude, like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can pick up a Bible. He's got tats. Maybe I can. See, that's the thing, though, is it's one thing for our people to pick up the Bible. It's another thing for our people to pick up the Bible and actually try to view it through the lens of truth and uh, objectivity and being an Israelite because you can pick up the Bible from uh, what's his brother's name? I forget his name. Would you just Mac, Mike? Servant Mike? Servant Mike. Servant Mike. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm sure tons of people are picking up the 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 Bible and believing in a white Jesus because Jesus is not the real son's name. Right, Jesus in the Greek name, and that's not even the way you say Jesus. The way you say Jesus in the Greek is Jesus, right? The letter J hasn't even been around that long. Like I think it was less than five hundred years, right? So it's not even the Son's real name, and we know for a fact that he's promoting Christianity, which came with slavery. It came with our 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 oppressors in Spanish, the conquistadors, you know. And I just noticed the uh, one of the one of the clips on on that. Uh, image that you're showing is him pop locking in front of what? What is that? Like a white priest or a white Christian pastor or whatever? That's the dude that he's, invited him onto uh yeah for his church. He's a, he's, a, he's a spectacle for these people. They're not you can't tell me they're taking him serious. He's a spectacle for these people. And he did like oh you know these white folks clapping and tearing him on and he's pop locking for a white youth. That that that's 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 off, and that's that's and that that's perpetuating Christianity, which is something we're vehemently against. Now, what I will say though is, yes, me, me personally, is I give credit to his spirit and his zeal and his his, his love and pursuit of God because that's that's natural. That's that's natural. That's a natural being. It's who he is, which he's an Israelite, right? So 
we naturally are, are very good at serving and praising and loving God, but we don't do it according to the true understanding of the Bible, right? He's up there pop-locking and, and praising the white Jesus. That, that, that's crazy, you know what I mean? But I do love the brother deal, and, and I, I love him for who he is, because he's like my blood. Um, get, we got three simple things. Go ahead. Romans chapter 10, verse 2, for bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, right? So Paul says that we, as a people, have a zeal for God. We, we, we naturally love God and want to know God and get, get close to him and be with him, but it's not according to knowledge, right? We're the highest population in the Catholic churches. In the Christian churches, we're packed in churches like sardines, but we're we're on our knees in front of a white Virgin Mary. We're on our knees in front of a white Jesus. We're we're striving and killing ourselves and going broke, trying to worship a, a, a God that doesn't exist, right? And and white folks are more than happy to let us pop lock and parade in front of them, praising a white Jesus that doesn't exist, right? So it's 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 definitely a problem. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Moving on. So, speaking of uh, these pastors and of these mega churches, so mm-hmm. Mr. Scott Copeland. I mean, Kenneth Copeland. Uh, he kind of has been making a couple waves with, um, you know, kind of the expensive and lavish lifestyles. What do you think about, um, like? But then again, and people in the Bible did live like like uh, Solomon. Like, wasn't he the richest? Or um, yeah, he was he was extremely rich. He was extremely rich and wealthy, and he was the wisest king in in all of Israel. There's nothing wrong with living a lavish lifestyle. I I think, right? Let me. You're right. Let me uh, let me get this real quick. If I can add to that, so, um, the thing the thing the difference with Solomon is Solomon was the king over Israel, not the priest over Israel. Those that's what the Levitical. That's true. Like, you know, so there's a difference, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why Solomon, Solomon is giving that reign, he's giving that power, and it's blessed with that. But the, with the preaching and the priesthood and, and those ordinances are for the, the Levites at that time. Uh, we got some priesthood for you, bro, real quick. Get Ecclesiastes 7 to 12. But you're right, there's, there's, and we agree, there's nothing wrong with money, and there's nothing wrong with having riches. Uh, but the problem comes when you put money over your people, you put money over your morals, you put money over God, you put money over over what matters, and you, you sell out and you sell yourself over to the devil for money. Right? And we see that clearly when our people get involved with cartels, with gangs, with the music industry, the movie industry, right? And just in everyday life, you know what I mean? Our people on a regular basis, sell out just to achieve that so-called American dream, right? You turn your back, turn your back on your family, and you gotta, you gotta leave your wife, you gotta leave your kids, you gotta leave your pueblo, and you gotta go up north and and, and hustle it and try to make it. You know what I mean? You gotta, to an extent, you gotta sell out uh, for for this for this money, you know. Um, and the Bible says that there's nothing wrong with it. You just gotta make sure you got your priorities in order. Uh, go ahead. Eleven and twelve. Yeah. 7 to 12. Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verse 12. It says, For wisdom is a defense. Wisdom is a defense. The law, text, and the commandments are a defense. Right? That's your foundation. Uh, specifically talking about your health, time, right? Wisdom is a defense in your daily life. 
Okay, it, it keeps you from evil, it keeps you from hunger, it keeps you from struggle, it keeps you from uh, wickedness and sin. Go ahead. It's a, but wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense, and money is a defense, because we understand we live in a world where money helps. It helps to have money. You get, you buy food, it helps you get food, it helps you pay the bills, it helps you have a car to get around, you, you put a roof over your head with money, you can uh, set your family up, invest. Uh, I know you got a child, money helps you invest for your child so that your, your baby has a future. It's a defense against a lot of trouble in this world. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, get First uh, Timothy six and ten. So this world, people get things wrong though, because people say money is the root of all evil, and that's not true, right? What is the root of all evil is the love of it, right? Because again, people will rape, rob, murder, steal, betray you over a dollar. You know. Go ahead. First Timothy six and ten, and this is why, as Israelites, we have to stand on the Bible more than anything. We have to stand on the Word of God and Yahushayamashiach more than anything, because that's our culture, that's our wisdom, it's it's our instruction. Right, go ahead. First Timothy six and ten is for the love of money is the root of all evil, uh-huh. which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith. Right. Keep going. And pierce themselves through with many sorrow. See that? So you're in this faith, and your faith in the Masiyaki Hawaii, your faith in the Most High, and keeping these laws is your foundation. But if you lose yourself in the love of money, you pierce yourself with sin, you pierce yourself with losing family, you pierce yourself with destroying, destroying your, your livelihood, destroying what you built, right? Straining from your walk with the Most High for the love of money. Right, it's it's misquoted constantly that the money is the root of all evil. That's just not true, right? It's that people put money over what matters. Specifically, our people we put money over God, over our family, over our children, and and that's where, of course, we end up falling. We end up dead. We end up drug addicts. We destroy. We end up without family because we sell out for money. Okay, let's move on to our uh, next favorite figure, um, the Pope. What's up with the Catholic Church's like stronghold on Mexico? You know what I mean. Why is it that the Catholic Church just has like such a grip on like you know I mean our Mexican grandmas and grandpas? Like uh, when you look at this picture that I got here in the background, uh, yeah. you want to talk about like confused people? Like these are like you know Native Americans. Uh, uh, dancing around in front of a Catholic church. It's like, we don't know what we are anymore. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, what is it with the Pope? Well, I mean, it started with, with the Spanish conflict. You know, they brought Catholicism here. They brought uh, understanding of who is the Pope and the, the Roman uh, papacy and, and that whole structure, right? And they beat it into us. Right? They, they killed us and feed it into us through slavery, right? And we understand that, and this is scientifically proven, that uh, trauma from slavery, trauma from suffering, trauma from being brainwashed is passed on to children. Those children grow up. Those children grow up with a natural affinity for, for their slave master, with a natural affinity for this false doctrine because... 
in past lives, in past instances, they were murdered for it. They were killed for it. Our children were literally killed in front of us for not bowing the knee to a pope, to a white Jesus, you know. And so our people now, naturally and very easily, I might add, are, are more than happy to, to, to bow their, bend their knee and bow to, to a pope, right? Uh, a man that is anything but God, right? Anything but of God. Who is, who is a, a liar and a robber and a thief, you know? Um, uh, a comparison we make often is that the, the Catholic Church literally sits on billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, and there's a Catholic Church on every corner in Mexico, but Mexico is literally starving, right? We're still to this day starving and struggling and suffering gang violence and drug violence. They have the money to stop all of that. Not only that, but world hunger. But they don't do it. <laughs> no way. Uh, if you ever go um, to Rome, like uh, it's decked out, like in gold artwork, like uh, I don't know, man. It seems like um, all that charity that the Catholics get instead of uh, instead of like just moving around like uh, priest pedophiles, they should probably funnel it to some of the victims instead. Uh, let's let's talk about um, so the popes, like uh, kind of. They they uh they demanded like some of the Spanish conquests right like they were at the head of that they're the ones that sent out the explorers they paid for the those expeditions and stuff um let's see so this guy this guy sits behind like this crazy looking chair uh, this is supposed to represent the resurrection of Jesus um that seems like something out of my nightmares. Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 satanic as hell. You ask me. Let's just say it's not tasteful, right? To the to the theme. Uh, right. Let's see. And then uh, the Catholic Church also built like a uh, church uh, made out of bones. Exactly. Yeah. Have you guys that's, seen that? That's a sin. Like you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be around dead bodies or parts of dead bodies, and you're not supposed to be touching them either. Right, so the, the fact that you built a so-called church out of dead bodies is just ultimate wickedness. Now I know that they're under the impression that they're cleansed of their sins by the blood of Jesus and they're forever under grace. But I mean, we can easily just prove that through the scriptures that you're not to abuse grace and that you have to keep the law. And uh, not only that, but the Book of Acts says that uh, you know. Uh, of God does not dwell in temple made with hands, right? The, the scriptures say that we are the temple of God, you know. So these churches are, are false establishments of of a, of a worship of, of a false doctrine. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, insane. It's a it's a real perversion of uh, of our holy scripture. Right. It's almost an inversion. Uh, let's because exactly. they uh, don't they don't they um, they have Jesus just nailed to the cross, kind of dying mm-hmm. there, right? And then uh, right next to that, they'll have uh, the Virgin Mary, like decked out in uh, you know a nice frame, uh, kind of like this. Right. Which is not which again, it's the Virgin Mary isn't even in the scriptures. Now we've seen the word Virgin, but there's an understanding to that, right? It, which truly means a woman of marital age, a woman that's that's uh, ready to be wed, not married, not necessarily a woman that hasn't known a man's touch because we can prove that 
Joseph slept with Mary to have Jesus. That's that's in the scripture. You just have to read the context. Um, wow. And not, not only that, but La Virgen de Guadalupe. I mean, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, they call her. Um, like what? What's Guadalupe? Guadalupe is my tia, and she stays down the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like the word, you know, we've heard it our whole life. Like, why is the Virgen de Guadalupe? I don't know. Uh, the place? I don't know. It's the place. It's a place in Spain. Oh, really? But Mary's from Israel. That's true. Mm. That's true. And then they just put Guadalupe on it. Damn. Well, the, the reason is that because the, the, the one that brought us the Virgin Mary, truly brought us the, the, oh. the Virgin Mary, was uh, Hernán Cortés. He was a. Uh, hardcore, diehard, devoted to the Virgin Mary. And he came slaughtering our people and so forth. If you even bow the knee to, to the Virgin Mary, he would just chop in the head. So through him, his conquest, and the poor city conquest, and so our people are just so devoted, like you said, after generations of trauma, you know, you just do it by tradition. You just do it because it's in your DNA to do it. And a little fact you probably, you probably weren't aware of, her standing on the moon like that is actually was actually put into the image to disrespect Islam, right? Because at the time, and really to this very day, Christianity and Islam are at odds. And specifically back in the mid, in the in the in the Middle Ages, right? They were certainly at war, right? It's been war in the Holy Land forever, and uh, the Catholic Church portrayed her on a on a crescent, standing on a crescent moon like that. As a as a way to disrespect Islam and show Christianity dominating Islam. Wow, that's interesting. I never heard that. I never heard that before. But that makes yeah. sense. You're right. They were at odds all the time. And if, like, if I can add, like, when you really start studying the Catholic Church and the history behind it, you're gonna come find out it's it's so many different pagan uh, religions mixed into. Oh, and it's all symbolism. What the Pope wears, his hat is a doctrine, his dress is a doctrine, the staff is another doctrine, the Virgin Mary is another doctrine, the price of the cross, the cross itself is another doctrine, and they just mixed all these, all it's like Babylonian religion pretty much. And they just, people are just eating it up like, hey, yeah. The, the more you dig, the, the harder it becomes to believe. Like, uh, the Bible is full of different stories for like many different people. Like if you're into, um, yeah, if you're in, besides like uh, saving your soul, like even if you're just like uh, curious about like just random stuff like giants, mm -hmm. like people, you can get into it because it has some kind of fantastical things, dragons and stuff. So like if guys, Rasa out there that you're listening, even if you're not, you don't believe the whole Jesus story or the, anything that these guys are saying <laughs> but pick up, uh, pick up the bible check out what it says about uh you know uh mary not being a virgin adam not being number one as these guys claim and uh, find out for yourself uh let's see so you know with uh, the catholic church um in order to become a saint uh you need to perform two miracles and uh like that's still happening like people are still being ordained as saints uh, no, and and uh, you got to commit like like Mother Teresa. She cured like somebody of cancer, I think. Uh, like she went and prayed for him, or or no, they prayed to Santa uh, Teresa, and uh, they uh, they got cured of cancer, and then she became a saint after that. 
Have you? Um, well, do you believe in like that kind of stuff, like miracles? No, stuff? not at all. Um, to to be uh, to be clear, right? Uh, you, we stand. We vehemently and wholeheartedly stand against everything the Catholic Church teaches. So, anything the Catholic Church teaches, shy of just you know. I mean, they say keep the Ten Commandments, so I guess we can we can. <laughs> shake hands on that but they don't even keep the Ten Commandments keep the Eucharist so uh, that's about it um, other than that we really don't stand with anything on them because it's just an entirely outright false doctrine so the real saint you can't just become a saint because you did some good things or you did some miracles you're a saint because you're an Israelite right because the word saint needs to be holy, needs to be set apart. And we, we the scriptures say we are a set apart people from the beginning, we were, which is what it means to be saint, right? Saint doesn't mean you did miracles or you're a really nice person. Saint means that you're set apart, you're separated. And the only people that were separated unto God were Israelites. So we're saints by blood. So you, brother, are a saint by blood, not because... You do miracles, or because the Catholic Church said you did a miracle. You're a saint by blood, just naturally born, true blood saint. So let me get that, uh, Psalm 148 and 14. Book of Psalms, chapter 148, verse 14. He also exalted the horn of his people, uh, the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, the praise of all his saints. Keep going. Even of the children of Israel, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him, a a people near unto him. Uh, Keep going. Praise be Yahweh. Right? So that's who the saints are. Right? And uh, yeah, what they did. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Right, so gather my saints to me. Now, this doesn't stipulate my saints to me that did a miracle or my saints to me that are in the Catholic Church. I mean, from Sardis, Catholic isn't even in the Bible, right? So... Uh, it says, gather unto me my saints who are, who are the saints, who are the people, right? And those people that have, made it, that have, that have separated them, themselves to God, that have made a covenant with him. So we understand through scripture that to be a saint is to be an Israelite. Point one period. <laughs> so we understand through scripture that to be a saint is to be an Israelite. Point one period. Okay, interesting. Uh, let's see, so... Let me um let me ask you a couple of things that uh most people would kind of uh debate you on. Uh sure. let's see. Um Okay, so the first one is who made up the chart uh that claims that Mexicans are Issacars, uh blacks uh or African Americans are from the tribe of Judah here in America and uh, Native Americans are what? Native Americans are, are the tribe of Gad, uh and the Seminole Indians are the tribe of Reuben. Now I know there's been like Hebrew texts found on stones in America, and that's, that's right. from like you know before Columbus and stuff. Uh, that's right. So that's kind of interesting. I know there's like Hebrew tablet or Hebrew uh, writings in uh, South America and then also in Africa. Uh, like Puerto Rico, are Ethiopians part of that? No. No. Who, is there any? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, forgive me. By and large. No, but there is, uh, we know for a fact, there's a, a specific 
tribe in Ethiopia that uh, historically is is connected to in, indigenous peoples of the Caribbean. Um, we believe that they're uh, more more than any more like more than likely according to our study uh, connected to Cuba. Interesting. So, okay. so yeah, so, who made but, up the chart? But typically, for the most part, um, the people you see in Ethiopia are not Israelites. We understand that through prophecy. We know that the Israelites are scattered throughout the world, so there's what's called a remnant throughout all nations of the earth. There's Israelites peppered and scattered. There's communities here and there throughout the world. I won't even say communities, but there's remnants throughout the world. There's there's Israelites that look Chinese. You know what I mean? There's Israelites that look Japanese. But it's a very small, very small number. You know, by and large, Japanese people are not Israelites. Right? So, that's where you have to study history, try the spirit, and, and you know, uh, see it, if they are of God or not. Okay, you're saying the curses identify those people on the charts, but like I've heard some messed up stories about like people in India. You know what I mean? Like they're over there eating like you know piss water and stuff, and uh, they're going through it. Like also people in Africa, they go through like a lot of bad stuff. That I'm like, man. Like, I'm glad I never, or, you know, our people don't go through that. Like, there are people like, like, I don't know, uh, those people in Iraq, you know what I mean? What they went through with the U.S. war and stuff. Afghanistan. Yeah. Who's to say well, that they're not the cursed ones? Mm, well, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. So, what we do is, is that we go line for line through the curses, and we see, and we find that, historically speaking, the indigenous people and the so-called Negro people, African people, fit every single curse that it happens or that is written in scriptures, right? For example, you mentioned East India or the the, the, the so-called Indians of East India, right? Right. Well, yeah, that may be the case that there's a lot of them. There, I wouldn't even say a lot, but there's, 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 a, there's, a, lot of there's a lot of kids out there that are poor, right? But it's because of their own duty. It's not because somebody came in there and made them poor. It's because they, it's because of their own doing, right? And not only that, but they're they're turning into not only a second world country, but very soon they're going to be a first world country power, right? All a lot of engineers that come to the United States that work for Apple, IBM, Microsoft, they're Indians, right? They're not Mexicans, right? They're, they and they're sending all of that engineer money back to India. Right, they're actually very well established. Not only that, but Indians have always known who they were. Right, they've always known they were Indians. They've always uh, had the the, the Rig Vedas and the and the. They've always had the what is that sutras and the chakras and 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 their East Indian doctrine. They've always had Vishnu and Ganesha. They've always had that. They never lost it. They were never taken away from it. That's true. Right. That that's actually a good point right there. You're right. Even when the British came and uh, took over and made it the East India Company, or the British Indian Company, then uh, yeah, they still India get their culture. Company. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. So then the next question would be. Um, so, you know, you say that the uh, that salvation is only for uh, a certain groups of people. Uh, so. What happened to being grafted into, you know, uh, being saved and whatnot? Saved by grace. Saved by grace. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So um, that's on another topic and all in and of its own. But to be brief, right, there's an understanding in the scriptures that we teach that if you study, you'll find it. There's two examples of Gentiles. They're ethnic, there's ethnic heathen Gentiles, for example, white people. And then there's our people, Israelites, that became like the Gentiles. Okay? And so we say that we, we understand that Paul was sent to the Gentiles, but he was sent to the Gentile Israelites, those that lost their way, those that those that abandoned their culture, those that had to get their culture eaten out of them, forcibly could rape all the murder. That's who Paul was sent to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The lost. And the lost people of the house of Israel. Right, right. So um that's that's what we stand on and that's what we teach and, and that's what the scripture uh, very very clearly reflect is that uh, salvation is for the Gentile Israelites, those Israelites that are that have grown up and were raised up in, in pagan, heathen customs and culture, but who are actual true blood Israelites. Wow, that's difficult for me to like comprehend because I'm like at the same time like you know I'm, I'm from Mexico and stuff, but. I'm like, man, I think so much like a white dude, I feel. Like, I'm always thinking about, like, bad shit. Or am I just, like, cursed and I'm actually just, like, thinking, like, how I'm cursed supposed to be? So I don't know if I'm, a, if I'm like, more Spaniard or more, uh, you know, Taino or uh, Mayan. Um, but, uh, well, get, um... Go ahead. And get a first John 4 and 1 because... Remember in the beginning we were talking about how we don't count on color. Right. We don't really deal with that. Like it's an it's an indicator, but it's really not anything that, that carries any real weight. It's, I mean, I it's still right. We don't really count on color. Uh, but because of that, what we do is that we try your spirit. So the fact that you uh, talk to brothers in Dallas and uh, you searched out to set up a podcast. The fact that um, we linked up, which is no coincidence, and we're on this podcast now, and you're very attentively listening and trying to seek this out and understand, it's giving me an indication that you're actually an Israelite more than anything, rather than Spanish, right? Because you're you're truly trying to understand, and you're asking these questions, and you're seeking out understanding. You're kind of on the fence about it, but this the Word of God has your attention, right? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you said First John what? Like four and one. Four and one. First John four and one says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world." So that's the conversation we're having in these latter days. A lot of Christians point the finger at us and say we're talking about color, but we're not. This is not a color conversation, right now. Color, when we're talking about what Jesus really look like, then yeah, we can explain that he was a black man. But that's a different that's a different topic, right? We're, we're talking about depending on the context of the conversation. Depending on the context of the conversation. So deeply we're trying your spirit, right? We're gonna ask you about slavery. What do you feel about that? What do you think about the history? What do you think about these artifacts? What do you think about these scriptures? What do you think about the prophecy? How do you feel about that? And if it resonates with you, then your spirit is in line with the scriptures. And you being a so called Mexican man more than likely makes you able to try to listen for our name. Right, so we're we're walking in spirit, not in the flesh. Right, you gotta you gotta be guided by the spirit, and, and let not only that, but let let the spirit of the Most High, the Holy Spirit, take you and 
walk you, you know what I mean? Walk with you and let it happen, you know? A lot of our people bug out and they start to get too real for them and they freak out and they, they fight back and they end up back in the Christian church and the Catholic church handing out money on a basket and uh, praying to a white Jesus because it's real. It's, it's a very real experience. It's, it's, uh, it's enough to make people freak out and have a panic attack, you know? Um, but the fact that you we're having this conversation now tells me that you're an Israelite for, for real. Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, who knows? Um, I might be. Right, baby? <laughs> you might be too. Uh, okay, let's see. Your, your baby's trying to tell you that it's very spirit. <laughs> she knows. The spirit is with her. <laughs> she, she's yelling at is it, a, is it a he or a she? It's a she. It's a person she. Yeah, she's yelling at you right now. Oh, uh, real quick. Speaking about speaking about babies. Uh, so, uh, like the lineage also stops at a man, right? So, if I want to keep my lineage going, I need to have a child. I need to have a boy in order to keep this Israelite okay. lineage going. Yes, but if you don't have a boy and you you end up leaving this leaving this world, leaving this earth, passing away, and you've only had daughters, uh, you're. I believe it's. Uh, I'm not a Levite, so I'm not fully mastered on on the on the of this. But your daughter has to marry into your tribe to to help carry on your the lineage of your tribe. So you being more than likely from the tribe of Issachar, if you never had a son, say you only had this one daughter, he would by law need to marry an Issachar man. Uh, a so-called Mexican man to help carry on the lineage of that tribe. Awesome. Okay. Great. Good to know. Um, let's see. There's, uh, you know, Mexicans are already like that. They or most races are already like that. They marry within their own race. Like seventy-five percent of, you know, races marry within their own. Uh, let's see. There's a message of hate in your preaching uh, because you guys uh, are been accused. I, I, you know, the first. Uh, Videos that I saw, you guys were, uh, I mean, not you guys specifically, but just about, like black Israelites is, you know, those guys wearing like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more fashion wardrobe, kind of purple and gold and stuff and crowns. Oh, and, they're, and they're yelling oh, yeah. and they're yelling at uh, people, calling them uh, epithets and uh, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, hey, you know what? These guys have a point. So I really like that. But a lot of people don't. And they think that you preach a message of, hey, what do you think? Well, you just yes. call people out, maybe. Uh, wait, I mean, to be to keep it brief, yes, but it's according to scripture, right? Uh, we by God, by God, the own ordination, right? So yes, we we preach hate for these other nations, these heathens that very deservedly need to be hated and need to be called out and need to be corrected, right? Uh, and not only that, but the scripture says it, and. Uh, which we could get. And also, you know, the Most High God not only hates these heathens, but the Most High God hates you when you're sinning. A lot of people say, oh, he hates the sin, not the sinner, when that's simply not true. The Most High God hates you for sinning, right? Not only does he hate the sin, but he hates you for sinning. Because you being his chosen people, you being his, his kings and princes and princesses, are choosing to defile yourself with uh, abominations, abominable food, murder, robbery, lying, stealing, idolatry, adultery, right? Sleeping with another man's wife, uh, pedophilia, bestiality, like all these nasty, disgusting things 
our people are doing. So rightfully so, God hates us for it, right? Now, a lot of people are like, well, how can God love you and hate you? Well, I mean, that's not a far-fetched concept, right? Like, I'm sure at our age at this point, we can think of family members we love, but we hated for a certain reason, right? Because of certain things they did, but at the end of the day, we love them, right? It's the same thing with the Most High. He loves us and he chose us. He elected us as people, but he hates us for the things we do. You know, and I don't think that's a that's a crazy, far-fetched, insane concept. Uh, go ahead. Um, I got two preachers. Uh, I got Jeremiah 28 and Isaiah 7 says, Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thy ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophets are both against many countries uh -huh. and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. Right, we prophesied as then as well as now, we prophesied against these people, we prophesied against these nations, we perverted these nations, right? That this, that continuously and daily destroy our people with false doctrine, social media, economic policy, immigration policy, uh, judicial policies that are clearly built to put indigenous and black people in prison, right? At a, at a, at a very high rate. So um, you're damn right that we go out to the street and we, we preach hate against that and against those people that that uh, very very freely and and with their whole heart attack our people. You know, yes, we hate that and we hate them for it. Uh, got another percent. I got Roman here. Um, go ahead. Uh, book of Romans chapter nine, and I'll start up with uh, start up verse nine. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son, and not only this, but when Rebecca also hath conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, right? That's talking about Esau and Jacob, go ahead. Neither having them any good or evil, uh -huh. that the purpose of God according to election might stand, right? Which is talking about destiny, because whether you like it or not, we all have a destiny. Everybody on this earth has a destiny, and the Israelites specifically have a destiny to be in the kingdom and be in rulership. Whether you like it or not, that's your destiny as an Israelite. Go ahead. It's not of works, uh -huh. but of him that call it. Uh -huh. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. Right, which is prophecy of the so-called Caucasians, the so-called white people, Europeans, of serving our people in the future in the kingdom, right? Right now we're serving them. Right now, we're a tribute, tributary to them, but there's going to come a time where the table will turn, rightfully so. Some people would call it karma, where they're going to serve us. Right? Go ahead. Uh, it, says, it will sit on the earth. Oh, Verse 13. As it is written, God speaking, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Right? Esau have I hated. So clearly we see here in the New Testament, God hating Esau, right? Now people say, well, oh, that was, that was one man, which is true. But they'll say like, oh, that was one man. Nevertheless, God hated somebody, right? Go to Psalms 5 and 5. And I really want to drill this home so uh, the water for your faith is from. <laughs> Go for it. 
But yeah, you're right. There it goes. Hate in the Bible. There is hate in the Bible. As a matter of fact, didn't because Jesus was speaking out and calling people out, isn't that why he got killed? Yeah, well, um, that and uh, the the, his, the prophecy of, of his uh, crucifixion, right? So, um, which is another another uh, topic we can touch on maybe later of uh, you know the Pharisees, the the Sadducees, the high the high ranking officials of, of Israel, right? Um, seeing him as a threat, seeing him as an idolater, seeing him as as a, a blasphemer. Right and uh, and uh, uh, I guess an, an uprising, right, against the status quo. Exactly. And so they they sought to uh, to crucify him for it. Um, but it, that's 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 it was meant to happen. As a matter of fact, a high priest knew, and very other other Pharisees and other leadership knew who he was and knew that he had to be sacrificed. Right. So there, there's a very complex telling of the story there. It wasn't just the Jews hated him. If that's not... Oh, really? Some people hard. knew that he was the Christ and they knew that they had a job to do to sacrifice him? Yeah. Or I mean, to crucify him? Thousands and thousands of Jews knew this. And uh, uh, I think high priest Caiaphas knew this, right? They knew this. And so... And he even rebuked the, the leadership and said, y'all, you guys do not know nothing at all. You don't know that it's expedient and it's necessary that this man died for the nation. So even the, the high priest knew who he was and that he had to get sacrificed. There was just, there was just you know, clusters and groups of them that were ignorant of it and, and they hated him for the wrong reasons. Um, go to uh, Psalms uh, 5 and 5. In the book of Psalms 5 and verse 5. The bullet shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest, thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. So that's clear that we're not talking about the work of iniquity, but the worker of iniquity. And this is David talking, right? Who was a man after the Most High's heart. David was righteous in the eyes of, of the Lord. And David, David wrote, you hate the Most High God. You hate sinners. You hate workers of iniquity, right? Now, this is this is the, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Go to Psalm 139 and 21. And 21. Psalm yeah. 139, verse 21. Do not, do not I hate him, O Lord, that hate thee? And I am not, and I am not, I agree with those that rise up against me. I hate them with perfect hatred. What? I hate them with perfect hatred, right? We don't hate my enemies. I count them my enemies. We hate those that rise up, especially, especially these other nations that rise up against God and, and, and his people, our race, Rasa, right, that rise up against us. We hate them with a perfect hatred, right? And we count them our enemies. And this is this is according to David, right? And, and David was not only an extremely powerful king, but again, he, he was uh, righteous in the eyes of the Most High. So we stand with, with our with our brother David, right? That that we hate the heathen with a perfect hatred and we count them our enemies. That's just point blank, period. As a matter of fact, last one I promise, <laughs> Ecclesiastes 12 and 10. Go for it. Because I got a couple yeah. more questions, man. That's all we Ecclesiastes 12 and 10. 
if we're going to be in the absence of the 12 verse 10, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. Uh, oh, please, yeah, that's sorry. Oh. Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verse 10. Never trust thine enemy. Don't. What did you say? Never trust thine enemy. Right? Go ahead. For like as iron rusted, so it is wickedness. So bare iron, when it gets wet, it guaranteed it's going to rust. Even the slightest moisture is going to rust. Even if you protect it, decades later, that protection is going to wear off and it'll eventually get wet and it'll eventually rust. So just like iron rust, is just how the wickedness of, of these other nations will be exposed sooner or later, right? Sooner or later, Jeff and, and Becky and, and, and all the all those nice white folks that you know, sooner or later, when shit hits the fan, they're gonna betray you. They're gonna turn on you, right? Because these nations know who they are and they know who is not a part of them. That's why uh you know we constantly get screwed over and we constantly get a knife put in our back when we try to deal with these people right because if they they their spirit knows that they are our enemy and they will betray us sooner or later we will get betrayed right and if they were so much our friend why won't they give land back why won't they flip why won't they level the playing field right why won't they grant our people passage to the United States, which is land that is rightfully ours, like they did to Ukraine, right? Like they did to Ukraine. And that's how you know that Ukraine is the same people as the white folks in the United States because they give them asylum. They give them preferential treatment. They give them billions and billions of dollars, right? They don't do that for us, right? Uh, if you want to say, don't he humble himself, right? He humbles himself. Hey, we're the same. We're all human, human race, equality, gender equality. Uh, equal opportunity, land of the free, home of the brave. So he humbles himself, go ahead, and go crouching, right? Go crouching, get take good heed, take good heed, right? Because the history of these people, not just white folks, but all these other nations, right, is rape, rob, murder, betrayal. Go ahead. It says, get take good heed and beware of him, and thou shalt be unto him. As if thou hast wiped a looking glass, and thou shalt, and thou shalt know that his rust hath not been altogether wiped away. Right, his rust has not been altogether wiped away. So we know that they're going to be who they're going to be, and they're always going to be like that. They're always going to be liars and betrayers. They're always going to be like that. Just could you run into a handful of some nice Asian folk or East Indians, or you've known. A handful of nice, uh, nice white people. As a nation, they are thieves, robbers, rapists, liars, right? <laughs> and and before they apologize, before they make things right, hell will freeze over, so to speak. Even though we don't believe in hell, like the Catholic Church teaches, but I'm using that phrase to to illustrate that it's never going to happen, right? And we hate them for it, and the scriptures say it's okay. Yeah, it's hard to believe that they'll ever give uh, Mexico back their land or the Native Americans back. I mean, I guess, or reparations back to uh, African Americans. Uh, they give it back to, uh, what, the people that they uh, interned, right, for the Vietnam War or for the... 
Japanese. World War Two, I mean Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, they gave Japanese reparations. They gave them millions and millions of dollars, and all they did was keep them in internment camps for what was it, a couple years, few years, if that, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's insane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so let's get to some quick fire questions and maybe you can go through these real quick. Uh, you, you don't have to uh, pull up a preset, but maybe you can just at least uh, answer it uh, from, sure. to your best of your ability. Okay, so these are just some questions that uh, might spark the interest of other people wanting to get into the Bible. All right. Uh, so circumcision. Uh, most Catholic uh, men are not circumcised uh, because uh Catholic Church teaches us that we shouldn't do that, I guess. Uh, and uh, what do you guys think? Should a 30-year-old man get circumcision if he needs to? If you're an Israelite, yes. If you're an Israelite, you get circumcised ASAP if you haven't done so. If you are if you're a, have a newborn son, he needs to get circumcised on the eighth day. It is law. It is what it is. And there's no getting around it because we teach that none of the laws have been done away with. So every law that applies to you is something you must keep, right? There's certain laws we can't keep because we're not in circumstances to keep them. But every law you are able to keep and can keep, you are to keep point blank period. So there's no there's no way around circumcision. You must get it if you're a man. Okay. Well, that answers that, that one. Okay. So in uh, the Bible... Uh, we see a lot of uh, men of God, holy men of God, uh, have multiple wives uh, and concubines. Uh, does does the Israelite uh, movement also preach that that's acceptable? That is acceptable, yes. An Israelite man is authorized and allowed to have multiple wives. He can also have who you would call concubines, which concubine means lesser wife, right? And the rules of adultery apply to women to your wives as well as your concubines, right? So if you have a concubine, the lesser wife, uh, which would be a woman of another nation, you can't just sleep with her and let her go and, and have her go sleep with another man or whatever. If she's with you and you're sleeping with her, that is a bond that you maintain together while you choose to keep her. And you can't just let her, you can't just be sleeping around with women and having them go deal with other women or with other, well, women, but not they, right? But other men. Uh, and, and have that be lawful, that's, that's unlawful. But uh, to answer you, yes, an Israelite man can have multiple wives and um, concubines if he wishes. Let's see. That, and that is law, law for Mexico. Uh I mean, Mexicans kind of already do that. Like, don't you hear about it? Like, a lot of Mexican dads like have a girl in Mexico, girl in U.S. Uh, they're both their wives and stuff. They both got them, uh, you know, hooked up with a house, their own house there. Uh, yes. Let's see. Uh, but um, but a lot of Mexican women, I don't know, man. That's not that's not gonna fly. I don't don't think so. Uh, well, the that's fine. Real I mean, quick. that's fine. You don't have to agree with it, but it's law and it's it's lawful, right? You and and not only that, but there's no punishment for not doing it. So if you wanted to have one wife and just stay with one wife. You're well within your rights to do that and have it be that way. But if you start saying that a man must have one wife and one wife only, that's where you start to add to the law and your sin. Because it's a sin to make up laws and say, oh, well, no, you can't have multiple wives. You must have one wife. That's not in the law. 
but you are free to have one wife if you wish and keep it to one wife if you want to do that. You're not breaking the law of women, but you are free to have more than one if you want. Okay, and then uh, you said that you know you couldn't be grafted in by by grace, but uh, like, what if uh, what if I decided to marry a white woman? You know what I mean, or a or a Japanese woman? Like, would I be committing a sin? No. Well, what is marriage? Right, marriage is having sex with a woman. That's marriage, biblically defined. But. That's with an Israelite woman. When you lay with an Israelite woman, like for example, your wife, that is a bond that is forever, so long as you're on this earth breathing and living, right? You cannot divorce your wife unless she commits uh, adulteries or a form of fornication, which would be like homosexuality, adultery. She wants to sleep with another man, then you can divorce her. But other than that, you are not authorized to divorce your wife. Even if you have a, a marriage on paper, that doesn't mean anything. In the eyes of God, she was your wife and you had sex with her. So that's forever. Um, now with a concubine, a woman of another nation, a white woman or a Chinese woman or whatever, you can do what's called a putting away. So you can essentially what's called a, a divorce, a separation, and you can, you can cast them away, you can put them away, but you can't just be dealing with them willingly, sleeping with them, putting them away, sleeping with them, putting them away. They can go deal with another man. That's off, right? If they're with you, they're with you. And if you stop dealing with them and you stop you stop having a relationship with them, that's it. You can't keep jumping back and forth. Okay. Right. Beautiful. Um, if, I can, if I can add to it, yeah. on the multiple wife topic, it, having multiple wives will just turn into the law. You don't, a man doesn't have multiple wives for fun or to boast. It's a it's a very difficult balancing stressful responsibility because you have to take care of everybody equally and provide and the purpose for it is so your nation and your tribe multiplies a lot more faster. You know, you get to grow and be fruitful and multiply But it's not for fun. You don't you don't jump into such a responsibility for fun. Because a lot of women think like, oh you know, I'm gonna go and get all this Brothers do make that mistake. Uh, they end up laying with more than one woman. And, you know, if they're really about the law, they're really about God, they find out that they just can't stop. They, they just can't divorce a woman because they, they got tired of it or, you know, the, the sex got boring or whatever. If you lay with an Israelite woman being an Israelite man, that is for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. And if you if you separate from that woman for any reason other than her sleeping with another man or another woman or bestiality, pedophilia, adultery, fornication, if you separate because you don't like the cooking or whatever, then that sin is on you and you're worthy of death for it. Right? So it's it's not a laughing matter at all multiple wives and, and having a wife in general is not a game. That makes sense. So your guys' uh, view is that marriage is so sacred, I mean, or sex is so sacred, uh, what, you know, it bonds you together with that person. So be careful who the hell you lay around with, right? Right, and it's a, especially because those that are listening, that are Israelites, now you know, so you can't be ignorant. We can be like, oh, I know, I, I. No, once you hear it, 
you're you're on the hook whether you like it or not. That's how serious the Bible is. Once an Israelite hears this word, whether you receive it or not, you've heard it. But you're on the hook for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. Next question is uh diet. What do you guys do to uh uh, limit uh, your diet. Uh, what are some of the things that we can avoid now that we're in this new life of uh, being an Israelite? Um, well, uh, for example, Leviticus 11 tells you what food to stay away from. Um, for Leviticus example, 11? Yeah, you can't eat pork, uh, you can't eat shellfish, crab, lobster. Uh, the only the only seafood that's lawful is that, that, is that which has fins and scales. Right, so any form of fish that has fins and scales, clearly fins and scales that you can see, is lawful for you to eat. Anything else would be considered unlawful. Um, you can eat deer, you can eat bison, you can eat chicken, you can eat cow, buffalo, buffalo uh, that which divides the hood and choose the cut, right? Uh, there's animals that divide the hood but don't chew the cut, which means their digestive system. Um, that are clearly unlawful. You can't eat rabbits, you can't eat rats, you can't eat rodents, you can't eat squirrels, reptiles are out, shark is out, whale, anything like that. There's a lot, a lot of animals that you cannot deal with. But, you know, really good, I mean, there's lamb, right? There's there's, there's really good uh, meat that you can that you can cook up and, and, and uh, prepare that's perfectly uh, lawful and delicious. You don't have to go dealing with, you know, pork or anything like that. That's what we stand on. That's We stand on the, the dietary laws of the law. Um, there's also fasting. Uh, if you're dealing with, with a, 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 a very heavy situation, if you're fighting demons, if you're fighting addiction, if you're dealing with a very stressful problem that you're trying to solve, the Bible prescribes fasting. So, um, you know, fasting 24 hours, uh, and it's not just food. You can fast from, you know, watching movies. You can fast from alcohol. You can fast from eating a specific kind of food. You can fast from listening to a certain kind of music, right? Um, but speaking of dietary, you know, the Bible prescribes fasting as well. Okay, gotcha. Help, so help cleanse, help cleanse your body, help uh, line you up spiritually with the all time. Right. You know, I've uh, started practicing no pork, you know, no... Nothing without a skill, and obviously, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I, I haven't missed bacon. I haven't missed Al Pastor tacos, really. Um, there's been some times where I've accidentally ate, like, uh, you know, some Brussels sprouts that had bacon bits in it, and I didn't know just because I was dumb. But uh, other than that, yeah, not really missing any of that. Uh, used to love shrimp tacos, now I don't eat that, and... Ain't missing too much of that. Right. Still got fried fish tacos, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, okay, cool. Moving on. Oh, also, yeah. uh, sorry, but anything that comes from seed, so any vegetable or fruit that comes from seed, mushrooms come from spores, so mushrooms will be out. Can't deal with mushrooms, but obviously there's a world of vegetables and fruit that you can that you can enjoy uh, and that are at your disposal that come from seed. Okay, what about bread? Is the, is the bread uh, okay? Like unleavened bread and stuff, or is that a well, thing? Well, unleavened bread is, uh, uh, of course, it's lawful. It's also prescribed in certain religious, in certain religious, uh, not religious, but ceremonies uh, in the law. Uh, for example, after the Passover, you're ordered to eat unleavened bread for seven days. Um, As opposed to regular bread, or bread, because I'm sure you're referring to uh, what's, what yeast is. 
Yeah. Yeast is a type of uh, a type of I think fungus or mold. Right. But it's not a derivative of like the spores that create your typical mushrooms different. So it's it's lawful for you to eat bread. Okay, great. Uh, shout out to flour tortillas. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, favorite person in the Bible. We'll start with uh, you uh, or whichever one. Besides Jesus right. Christ. Oh, uh, dang. First, favorite person, but that's a hard question. It's a lot. But, um, yeah, and why? I was, man, I would say, man, that's a hard question, bro. Um, I would say Moses. Yeah. Okay, Moses. For, because he's like in the position where we are at now, being raised in another nation, you know, mostly raised with the Egyptians. Yeah. But he knew that he was an Israelite. So like us, being raised, you know, in, in Spanish and uh, English doctrine, um, Moses stood up for his people and was even willing, I'm not saying going to do it, but Moses was even willing to kill protecting brothers, you know, from the Egyptians. And was able to stand up for them and follow the most high dearly, um, which is the walk that essentially we're on. You know, so he made a great example of it, you know, the right man. And the man that had a speech impairment, you know, he wasn't he wasn't perfect all the way, but yet he was still bold and firm and stood there, you know, and guided the nation. So I would say Moses. Absolutely. And Moses, you know, uh, that story of him getting lost uh 40 days in the desert or something like that, right? 40 nights. Uh, that's Jesus. That's, that's your house. Oh, uh, well, let's see. Didn't the Israelites get lost in the desert or no? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You're right. Let's see. So even after they like heard from God and all that, or was it 40 years? Yeah, it was 40 years. 40, right? 40 years. Yeah. So even after hearing from Christ and all of that, like they still like kind of not believed, right? And they got lost. For forty, right. that's that's crazy. Uh, but eventually they found their way. Uh, let you know that, like you know, what I mean, even Moses, like he wasn't perfect. You know, what I mean, they still. All right. So, how about you, man? Um. Well, I mean, you kind of took that up right out right out from under <laughs> me. I was going to say Moses, but um, honestly, um, I would say Paul. And the reason being is because Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. The man that was mastered in the law, and he was very, very intelligent. And he used to persecute Israelites before for the, the the following of the right? And so um, he went from he did what is what's essentially a complete one eighty, like, and he started fighting for the Israelites that were believing in Yahushua, and he started converting Israelites that have abandoned their their culture, Israelites that were raised in a, in a foreign culture. Uh, Israelites that were completely lost in, in other nations, right? But the thing about it is that the reason the reason I appreciate that brother so much is that he had to, I, for lack of a better way to put it, he had to dumb down his understanding to reach these people that were completely lost. Him being a master of the law, a yeah. Pharisee, he had to really break it down to very, very simple terms to get our people to believe in the Mashiach and how we'll try and start keeping his law. So, and, and that's where Peter says that Paul is a stumbling block for our people because people read Paul's letters and they think it's okay to eat pork and they think it's okay to constantly be sinning, but that's not what Paul was saying. 
And then when you go to Acts 21, I think it is, 21, where he gets put on trial by his, his, his peers and his, his fellow uh, Pharisees, they question him and they strike him. They hit him and they test him. And they're like, like there's, a, there's one point where they're like, hey, are you, uh, you're not bad-mouthing the, the high priest, are you? And and Paul very wisely said, well, I didn't know he was a high priest. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it because the law said you're not supposed to. You know what I mean? And and they're trying to trip him up and play games with him so he can so he can uh, kind of prove him right that he's teaching sin, but they can't get him because he's, he's that slick and he's that smart with the law. So there's there's varying degrees of Paul in the scriptures, and a lot of people get lost in the the loving, welcoming, simple message of love that Paul that Paul. Uh, propagates, but there's a very deep and profound and sharp brother in those scriptures that that's not playing any So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, amazing. Uh, let's see. I think my favorite uh, figure from the Bible would probably have to be. Um, I don't know. I, I got a lot of uh, appreciation for Lot and him getting out of there. You know, what I mean, his wife. Hey, baby, his wife didn't have that same uh, luck, but. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Speaking in tongues is that a thing? Is that should we believe no, that? No, like, no. no. Can you speak tongues? No. Uh, what it means to speak tongues? It's not like yeah. it's not none of, it's none of that, bro. Yo, there's entire like clubhouses and podcasts where like a lot of Christians get together and it's like for like five hours. Hell yeah. <laughs> For like five hours. What is that, what, man? Uh, what, what speaking in tongues is talking about is speaking in other languages. That that's it. So, I speak English, obviously. I speak Spanish. I speak Japanese. I can speak some ancient Hebrew. I don't. I'm not a master of it, but I can write it as well. You know what I mean? Uh, I know some of the the block script Assyrian Hebrew, modern day Hebrew, um, and and other languages, but very very little. That's that's what it means to speak in tongues. Okay. Um, I think I covered pretty much all of it. Uh, I really, uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, coming on and uh, blessing the people with this knowledge. I think you know that we need it, seeing how lost we are. Um, you know, one thing that before we leave, let's touch on the Uvalde thing, right? That was just a massacre that happened here in Texas. Uh, with the oh, children right. in the elementary school, uh, right. fifteen children, one teacher dead. The gunman went in there and completely annihilated uh, these kids. Kids that you know didn't even have a chance to realize that they were uh, the lost children of Israelite or of Israel. Right. What What's their faith looking like? Uh, was this prophesized, or what can you speak to that? You know, rest in peace to all these children and families. Right. Um... Definitely, rest in peace to the to the to the Israelite children. Um, our our heart goes out to those families, and uh, you know we definitely we're definitely mourning with them, and we're we're sad and we're heartbroken about it because we're the precious children of Israel, you know, and we uh, kids of, of indigenous descent. And um, at the same time, uh, like when we spoke previously, at the same time, we're not surprised. I don't mean that to sound harsh or callous. Our heart breaks for those families, but we know that that's prophecy, and we know that that we know that these things are happening, and and things like this are gonna happen, right? And uh, 
that, uh, for example, I think it's game all three and six, that um, the most high blow the trumpet in the city and who's not going to hear it, right? And that evil comes from the most high. So the trumpet being the curse, the, 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 the slaughter, the murder that happens to this day, that trumpet, right, the, the alarm, which are prophecies, are happening to this day. And it's happening at, in those school shootings, right? Uh, you know, we know that uh, the, the shooting that happened in Buffalo, there was uh, 10 so-called black people that lost their lives who would be of the Southern Kingdom who are Israelite, right? And it was a so-called white man that carried out that, that murder, right? And we know that prophecy speaks to, to the, the nature of these, of these Caucasian European people, that they're bloodthirsty. They can't keep themselves from doing evil, chiefly to the Israelites, because they descend from Esau, right? And Esau made a pledge to kill his brother, which he never got to carry out. So that spirit of hate resonates through the generations, and it carries on to this very day. And therefore, we have school shootings, and we have uh, grocery store shootings where ten so-called black people lose their lives. You know, uh, the Bible the Bible speaks explicitly on this. Uh, those children, you know, God rest their soul, those Israelite children, you know, unfortunately they suffered the curse that are outlined in the scripture to Deuteronomy. Right? Uh, why? Because our, our people aren't seeking law. Our people aren't seeking the Most High God according to law. Our people aren't believing in the Son of the Most High Yahweh according to scripture. Right? So therefore our children are suffering. Our children are living their lives. When when I was a kid, um, I always would think like, man, I wonder what it's like to be white, because <laughs> I would always like see poor Mexican people, and I would be poor Mexican too. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I just thought, you know, that's true. Like, you know, what I mean, we're living the curses of our parents. You know, what I mean, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to break that. You're tr- we're we're all trying to break that here. I think that's great. Um, one thing that I like about the Hebrew Israelites is that you guys don't make it sweet you know what i mean like a lot of uh, religions would be like oh forgive and turn the other cheek but no you guys are actually preaching like the real stuff of the bible like the more hardcore stuff and this kind of what gets me intrigued that uh, there's nothing about salvation that's sweet you know what i mean it's a serious disciplined thing that you got to go through you know what i mean it's a thing that uh, holds a lot of uh, weight you know what i mean it's not just a thing of like oh go to church give you know be a nice person no it's like identify evil call it out uh I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, walk in the spirit. In the spirit. Uh, it's not an exactly. easy task. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, Isaiah 58 1 said to lift our voice like a trumpet, right? To to teach our people, show our people their transgression. Read real quick. Uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58 and verse 1, it says, Cry out loud, right? Spare not, right? Spare not. So we're not out here to protect your feelings and. and Pat you on the back and tell you it's okay. God loves you no matter what, and you can keep being wicked. Go ahead. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob their sin. Right? So that's why we're here. Because if we don't, then we're just going to keep getting murdered. We're going to keep getting stolen. Our children are going to keep getting stolen. Our children are going to keep getting gunned down, right? We're, our children are going to keep being raised by gang members, right? Our children are going to keep getting destroyed. So we have to cry loud. We have to 
you know, uh, excuse my French, but F your feelings, you know what I mean? Like, it's not about your feelings. It's about your nation. It's about your grandson. It's about saving your people. We can stop suffering and we can stop dying unjustly, right? Um, and uh, that's that's what it's about. And we're not here to sugarcoat anything. We're not here to paint a beautiful picture where everybody holding hands and we're all frolicking and getting along because that's just not what it is. It's never going to be that way, you know. We know that prophecy in the future says that there's going to be a peace in the world, but bloodshed has to come first. Slavery for these other nations has to come first. Payback has to come first before we can all be cool and, and go back to our land and mind our own business. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of wrongs have to be corrected. Wow! Wow! That's beautifully said. That's incredible. That's really powerful. Uh, I hope audience, you guys learned something uh, from these uh, gentlemen. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, get ready because uh, shit's shit's about to come uh, hit the fan, man. All right, well, thank you. Is there is there any last words you want to say? I mean, I think you guys wrapped it up pretty well, but yeah. Yeah. Where can we follow uh, you guys? Well, I mean, the, the water, the water to you, brother, for for being a great soul and letting us be on your platform so we can get this message out. The water to uh, your wife and your child, you know, um, and, and your family as a whole. Um, really appreciate it, man. I hope we can continue building. Um, definitely to to the so-called Black, Hispanic, Native American Indian man, woman, child. Repent. Keep these laws, statutes, and commandments, and have faith in the Mashiach, Yahweh Shai, who the world leader we call Christ, right? And uh, that, that's really it, man. Keep these laws and have faith in the in the only begotten Son. That's it. That's right. Follow Sicari.Santos on Instagram, on YouTube. They're out of Tijuana. Help a help a brother out. Help a way back out, please. All right. <laughs> With that, we'll see you guys later, man. See ya. All right. Shalom, Good night. How dare you? <laughs>